Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, May 8th is just moments away. But before we do this... Let's thank the following. Yes, please write the date down. Uh, before we do this, let's thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this podcast. Brown line. <laughs> uh, Make a toke live stream. Yeah. Uh, in our attic with the brown line and the porta potty. Hey, thanks to these unions, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, uh, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Those unions are awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you sponsoring us. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, May 8th, is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Okay, looking at the live stream chat here. Um, got some requests for our song of the day. Uh-oh. Uh, okay, uh, today's request comes from KMA Barry, mm-hmm. the gentleman who's always early on the live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, KMA Barry says, how about All Right Now by Free? Oh, I know that's All Right Now, baby, it's All Right Now. <laughs> nice work, KMA. <laughs> I know that. I remember they used to play that song all the time back in the day, like, All Right. And then I thought they, like, I could never understand the lyrics of that song. Well, the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. <laughs> all right now. It's Friday, May 8th, and live from Ben's house, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's the Ramada Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Ramana Hussein. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Spike Lee Friday. And here's why. Well, I want to start this uh, show, D, with an apology. Okay? I want to start off with a little apology to all my listeners, to Dennis, to my wife, to the guy in the porta potty, to (laughs) the guy walking down the alley in the pink flip-flops, to the people on the brown line, to absolutely everybody. Wow. Yes. I woke up this morning with the best of intentions, D. Oh, yeah. I got up bright and early, and I said, Huh, this is the day I take the deep dive into Michael T. Flynn. Now, you say bright and early. What time was that? About 10, 10. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, man. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Alton had already been up, smoked a doobie, chopped some wood. Anyway, 
So I got up. I was going to read all the newspaper articles about the U.S. Uh, Justice Department dropping the case of Michael T. Flynn, the former top advisor uh, to President Trump. I was going to prepare myself. Call Jim Coogan later in the day, send him a text, set up a time so we could take the deep dive. Really was going to study and analyze the case. I just read some of the preliminary articles that came out there. I hadn't done the deep dive on it. You know, like to really understand obsessively, like what were the political ramifications? Why? What decision was driving them? What was motivating them? It said, well, we all know politics. Anyway, I got distracted, Dean. <laughs> surprise, I, surprise. I saw this link. Uh, I don't know who. I don't know how I stumbled upon it. I think it was like one of those things where I was texting for one thing. Oh, or, one of those things where you're texting from one thing. Uh, wait, not texting. Uh, what's the other word? Not texting. Email. Emailing. Oh, yeah. this no. this is my coworker, everybody. <laughs> and I saw it trending. It's like, oh, it's trending. And it was a uh, Spike Lee was trending. I was like, why is Spike Lee trending? I click on it. Turns out he just released a three minute montage to his uh, beloved New York City. And so I clicked on it, and I watched it, and I got hooked. And I ended up watching it like, I don't know, 10 times in a row. Uh, and in fact, when Dennis came over today, that's what I was doing. I was, I hadn't even, I was still in my pajamas. I was, it, it's, it's Frank Sinatra's song, which I was going to sing, but instead I sang free. All right now, baby. Anyway, um, <laughs> now I'm going to have that song on my mind. Who was the one who suggested I do it? KMA Barry. KMA Barry, I just want to put this out to you. I'm going to have that song on my mind all day and everybody hey you can get a request in for the song of the day that's what we do now just show up early on the live stream chat send us a request before we get going and who knows ben may sing your song yeah so anyway i butcher your song most likely <laughs> but for 10 trivia points d what was the song of the day yesterday as requested by a listener this is a test of your shirt term memory oh my god mm -hmm. that's what i thought huh what was yesterday's reefer 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 <laughs> you gotta I, no, I remember you didn't know it i and did you just, and you just wait you did yeah i oh, knew okay. it i got the one line wrong i have you a, knew. i have a marijuana problem <laughs> <laughs> wait it could have been the day before uh actually now that i think about it uh <laughs> Our House by Crosby, Stills, oh, and yeah, Nash. Was yeah, that yeah. yesterday? That was Pat Rod. No, yeah. that was two days ago. You didn't know yesterday. Oh, okay. So. Oh, no. Lee Underwood. God bless the USA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And I proudly stand up <laughs> next to you. Look who knows that song. <laughs> yesterday, course. you were like, oh, I never heard of it. I, <clears throat> I didn't know the singer. Uh, so anyway, where was I? Oh, Spike Lee. Was, I, I was... I was captivated by it. I watched it over and over again. It uh, is a montage, as I said, uh, done to Frank Sinatra's New York, New York. Do you know that song, D? New York, yeah, New York? Yeah, okay, yeah. good. That song is from way before you were born, uh, from a movie, Martin Scorsese movie. Anyway, so um, uh, I got mixed feelings about Spike Lee. Uh, on the one hand, I love Spike Lee's movies. I, if there's a Spike Lee movie, I watch it. I'm pretty much obsessed with Spike Lee. And I don't like every one of them. He's, he's made some duds in his career, but... Uh, more often than not, it's a really compelling flick, and I'm really glad I watch it. But on the other hand, D, I'm really envious of him because he's got l way more talent than I do. You know what I mean? And so it's like I watch Spike Lee. And I go, God, he's good. Ugh, my life is meaningless. And apparently, he's got great seats to basketball games. That's the other thing. He's got the front court seats to the New York Knicks. I will now name my five favorite Spike Lee movies, D. Here we go. Uh, number one. Wait, should I? No, I'm, I'm just going to do it. From the top, uh, there's Do the Right Thing. There's Crooklyn. Have you ever seen Inside Man? Uh, yeah, yeah, Denzel. Great, I remember flick. that. Love that. Uh, Malcolm X and Bamboozled, which is people, you know, get got 
got ripped by the reviewers, but I kind of like uh, Michael Rappaport's performance. And anyway, was that five? Yeah, I think I named five. Number no. five. <laughs> <laughs> well, we forgot the little list. Anyway, but uh, so I'm also jealous of him because he has a hometown. I don't really have a hometown. In fact, strike really from the sense I don't have a hometown. Uh, Spike Lee, is hometown is New York. He's proud to be identified with New York. He was born there. He's raised there. He's got the tickets to the Knicks games. He wears the uh, Yankees hat from time to time, right? That's He's New York born and raised. I mean, you know, what do I got? My... I guess you could say my hometown is sort of Evanston, but I was already 11 when I moved there. So what's it, Rhode Island? Yawn. You know what I'm saying? Like half the time people I tell them in Chicago from Rhode Island, they're like, where? In Chicago, it's just like no clue about what? What? Is that a suburb? Oh, where? So uh, yeah, I really have a hometown. So I'm a little jealous of him. Uh, Can and- you name anybody famous from Rhode Island? Can I name anybody famous from Rhode Island? Oh, yeah. I got it pulled up online. Let's. I'm looking here. So uh, it's been so long. Uh, aside from um, no, I like. Uh, well, oh no, um, the the Farley brothers are from Rhode Island. Farley brothers? Yeah. Aren't are they from Fall Rivers, Massachusetts? They're from. I think they're from Providence, Rhode Island. I'll go with Farley brothers. All right, I'll look that up. I got two actors here. Uh, James Woods. You love him. Oh, my God. He's, yeah, from, Bar- he's from Rhode Island. He's correct. from Barrington, Rhode Island? Uh, uh, no, uh, it doesn't say where. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's my favorite uh, James Woods. And, Suddenly uh, in life, he decided, I'm going to become a rave, raving conservative. And Janine Garofalo kind of balances it out there. Also from Rhode Island. That's correct. I did not know that. Seth MacFarlane from Rhode Island. That's correct. Seth MacFarlane from Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, I love Seth. You like Seth MacFarlane? Do you? Yeah, he's okay. Okay. Um, wow, you're hard on the guy. You didn't like Family Guy? Eh. It was, it was, yeah, it kind of ran itself into the ground there. Am I right, live streamers? So, anyway, I, um, I got mixed feeling. I mean, I'm very envious of Spike Lee and all his talent. And I'm also a little envious, you know, uh, I'm thinking about it. Like, if we couldn't do a tribute to Chicago, I'm just trying to envision a tribute to Chicago, the town that I've lived in now for 40 years. So, I'm trying, trying to embrace it as my hometown, even though I, don't come from here. I mean, we can't uh, do it. For for one thing, um, I'm trying to think what song would we use. In uh, in Spike Lee's movie, he has uh, Frank Sinatra's uh, New York, New York, which is the quintessential New York song. They played at the end of a game when there were games, in the Knicks games or Yankees games or Mets games. They would play that as the people were leaving. They would play New York, New York uh, by Frank Sinatra. And in the movie, uh, uh, Spike Lee's got all these really compelling shots of empty streets in New York and bridges where there's no cars, subway uh, platforms where there are no people. It just you could see that that the city is emptied out. Everybody, everybody's inside uh, for this pandemic. Uh, and then he closes with this tribute to frontline medical workers uh, in their masks and their gowns as the song is building to its climax. I'm weeping, you know, tears pouring down, <laughs> sitting in my pajamas. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm a little embarrassed to admit that. But anyway, uh, so what would our song be? I mean, first of all, who would our filmmaker be? We don't have like one quintessential Chicago filmmaker. Like New York's got Spike Lee or Marty Scorsese. Who do we have? One person who constantly comes back to Chicago and does films set in Chicago with Chicago as the backdrop. We don't have that. Many of our great filmmakers like 
as soon as they're right, I'm out of here. I'm going to Hollywood, man. Then they come back like they'll eat a, you know, they'll go to a Bulls game or a Hawks game, and then they'll have some deep dish pizza. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just dropping in. But as soon as I can, I'm out of here. Well, what about our good friend Steve James? I love Steve James. Steve James, first of all, is not from Chicago. Oh, okay. Steve James is from Virginia, as we talked about in the interview we did last week, which very I'm good. trying. I'm trying to yeah. think of some, you know. Uh, Steve James did a great movie about Chicago. He's done several movies, uh, great movies about Chicago, Hoop Dreams. But um, uh, he's not from Chicago, and he doesn't even live in Chicago right now. So uh, we don't really have that one f- quintessential Chicago filmmaker. And by the way, D, what song would we use? All right? Now, when I said this to Dennis earlier in the day, I said, I think I'm going to, what song would he use? The first song that he said was Sweet Home Chicago. All right. That's that one damn song All about right. Chicago. Which version? Remember we played, uh, well, the ba- the accordion version, of course. Okay. <laughs> I got to go find that. Yeah, we got to find that one. I mean, so do you do the uh, the Blues Brothers version? The Robert Johnson version of the song? I think maybe the first version. Don't quote me on that. Uh, or do you we do... never quote you on anything. Uh, yeah, don't just don't quote me, okay? No well, I heard this by Ben Jarofsky, and then it's wrong. Don't quote me. I heard the, uh, from this genius <laughs> named Ben Jarofsky. Uh, or do we do the Barack Obama version? Have you ever heard Barack Obama? Uh, easy for you to say. Barack Obama's version of the song, D? No, I have not. Yeah, he did it at some. I think B.B. King was doing... Uh... Come on, baby, don't you want to go? Yeah, that's exactly... Sweet home... Chicago. Oh, by the way, speaking of guys who are not from Chicago and got out of here as soon as they could, well, that's about it for me in Chicago. Chicago People in Chicago are always leaving Chicago, and then they come back. Oh, I love it, but not enough to hang around, of course. Uh, so uh, <laughs> then there's the other the Frank Sinatra song about Chicago, My Hometown. You know that song, D? Chicago, Chicago, a town in town. They could use that song as... But then, you know, I, thought, yeah, I think my grandma loved that song. I, I love that. Yeah, okay, old people jokes. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, but uh, the thing about that song is that I always thought that Frank Sinatra was making fun of Chicago uh, when he sang that song. There's that line about, I saw a man, he danced with his wife, like we're a bunch of squares. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that song would fit. Uh, and then there would be like, what would our images be? Who are our like iconic figures that we would show? You know, I'm trying to think about this, D. Uh, would we show Mary or Lori Lightfoot? Right? Would you put her up there, uh, D? Yeah, sure. Mary or Lori Lightfoot? Well, what the hell? Why not? She, she's not from Chicago either. No, oh, uh, damn. She's from Cleveland. <laughs> or not Cleveland. She's from Ohio. But uh, she is our mayor. We could do like the funny uh, mayor Lori Lightfoot with the PSAs, you know. Uh, then we could do the mean Lori Lightfoot. Get in your house or I arrest you now. We will shut you down. <laughs> we will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Yeah, the tough mayor Lori Lightfoot. So we could use her uh, in uh, the footage. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we have to have the MAGA hat wearers, right? I, I don't think New York has any MAGA hat wearers. We got a... The, the, well, Fox News is based in New York. Yeah, but they're not wearing openly down the street wearing MAGA hats. Well, you, what, do you see them on their smoke break? They're probably wearing I Love Barack buttons. I don't really believe the stupid stuff I say. Uh, but we had the MAGA hat wearers. So, like, we couldn't even do, it like, a real montage because, like, we have, like, half of our state. Oh, okay, maybe that's an unfair estimate. What, 40% of our state is insane? You know, so they just like go think it's okay to go into downtown Chicago and wave a 
a flat or a sign with a swastika on it. They think that's a good idea. So, D, I'm not feeling it. Like, what can we do in Chicago, you know, to show who we are and our values and how we're standing all together? Um, I, I, I'm just not feeling it. And anyway, and then I saw this, D. I want to give a shout out to my dear friend. Made me feel a lot better about living in Chicago. All right, it's on the front page of the Chicago Tribune. Here we go. I'll show the cameras, even though we don't show have any that newspaper. Uh, See my, that, listeners? My dear friend Galen uh, Alcaraz. Galen, and uh, she's been on the show. I've known Galen for a long, long time. Our kids went to school together. An old friend of mine, and uh, she is sort of leading this tribute or this commemoration to uh, Ahmad Arbery, uh, who is the 26-year-old uh, young man killed in Georgia. Really tragic story. Heidi Stevens wrote an excellent column about it today. Uh, there was, there's been a lot of coverage on this. We haven't talked about this on the show. He was a gentleman. He was running uh, through some uh, suburbs uh, of Georgia. Uh, let's see, uh, Brunswick, Georgia, and these two gentlemen saw him running and thought he was up to no good. Apparently, they see a black guy running. They think, oh, well, he's up to no good. Let's do something about this. Let's take the law in our hands. So they jump into their truck. They pull out a gun. They pull out a shotgun. They, and, they sh- and they ended up shooting him. So the guy was killed for jogging uh, through the streets of Brunswick, Georgia. And uh, he was clearly just a jogger. You know, he was in jogging clothes and running shoes. He's just killed while jogging. Um, so anyway, Galen is uh, put together this tribute to him. Uh, uh, hashtag I run with mod campaign. So you're supposed to run 2.23 miles today or walk 2.23 miles today as a tribute to him. Uh, and I mean, some of us are not runners, D. So I'm going to do the walk. And But uh, just thinking about Galen, uh, she's never been afraid to take a stand as long as I've known her. Uh, she has like even if it's something simple like writing a letter to the editor protesting some dumb park district policy or when she in the old days she used to work uh, at Cabrini Green the old housing project on the north side of Chicago trying to get jobs for people uh, for standing up for women's right to choose there I was I saw this paper and I felt really good about Chicago Galen Alcarez Born on the north side, lives on the south side, a real Chicagoan. If we're going to make a movie about Chicago, it's going to be about people like her. We got a great show oh today, everybody. Ramon, <laughs> you like karate chop your desk every day. I'm worried about this desk. I love closing it like, we got a great show today, everybody. Ramona Hussein, she's Chicago. She's from Chicago, okay? She's not like me from Rhode Island. She's from Chicago, all right? Yeah. Shout out to James Woods. <laughs> Could you go? Who's going to do the? The Farley brothers would do the movie about Rhode Island or Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> I don't know. Jury's still out if they're from Rhode Island. I'm looking that up, actually. Look up. The, they're from Rhode Island? I think it's the Fairley brothers. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, I know enunciation. Uh, uh, <laughs> look it up. Yeah, I'm we, doing it. We got nothing else to do. Go ahead. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're from Cumberland, Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, the, the, what did you call them? The Fairley Brothers? Yeah. Uh, Fairley, I'll call it Fairley, what the heck. Anyway, great show today. Romana Hussein will be here. Got a lot to talk about that with Romana, but before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man they call Dr. Doobie, with the news. How's it going, everybody? Hey, it's Friday. Pretty cool, right? 
Before we talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois for the fourth and final time this week, Benny J, we have a voicemail to listen to. Oh, yes. Did you actually listen to yes, it? Yes, I did. Okay, go ahead. In case you were unaware, the Ben Jarofsky Show has a voicemail line. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's true. And you can leave us a message. Here's the number, 708-658-4788. And for Jay Marie, I'll read the number again as Barack Obama. A number is up, 708 <laughs> 658-4788. Leave us whatever kind of message. You do a good Barack Obama, man. I got to give you credit, man. Leave us whatever kind of message you want. All oh, right. Sweet Chicago. Uh, oh, speaking of, before we go any further. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Grab your partner. Oh, that's awesome. Who, who, who did that again? I don't know. Oh, okay. You was ask these questions I don't have answers to. Wait, I thought it was somebody who sent it to us. No, it was on Twitter. Oh, boy. It was on Twitter. Okay. Every No one sent that to us. Uh, oh. It was on Twitter, and people went to, uh, and they tweeted their songs. Okay. All right. Well, it was an excellent song. Well, you should have just made something up. I mean, but, you should have said, oh, it's uh, Billy Bob, uh, who lives on the north side of Chicago at Jefferson Park. But someone did send us uh, a uh, message. Once again, 708-658-4788. Send us whatever message you'd like. <laughs> ben, check this out. We got a message from Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Wasn't us. Uh, this is Senate Majority Leader McConnell, regular listener to the Ben Jorsky show. <laughs> I'm looking for a... a the Dr. Doobie. Your That's impression me. of me is hardly accurate. It reminds me of all the bullies I faced as a young man. Oh. Well, uh, I asked those bullies, who's crying now, you dummies? I'm the big man in the Senate, and I will, repeat, will win re-election. And uh, to the so-called Dr. Doobie, I know where you score your reefer. <laughs> You should consider your future employment opportunities on federally approved airways before you continue your unfriendly portrayals of me. Just saying. So long. All right. <laughs> there he was. Yeah. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Hey, here's something you may not know about Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. He has a 773 phone number. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a condo in Chicago. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, maybe he should be in the, the tribute to Chicago, Mitch McConnell. Uh, that was whoever that was. Well, no, I, I don't I, know who it was. No, it's Mitch McConnell. That's who it was. Yeah, it was Mitch. He's a huge fan of the show. He's a little, correct. He's a little upset that I've been so hard on him uh, for his uh, appointment of Justin Walker. Uh, that, of course, is the judge that he's putting to, uh, what is the second 
Court of Appeals in Washington, and one of the most important uh, courts in all the land. And he's shoving that. First, he's twisted the arm of some judge to step down. Okay. Oh, give me that arm. <laughs> oh, you got to step down. I want to twist your arm. Oh, but I really like my job. Shut up. Leave. And uh, so the guy left. And then now he's putting in this like 37-year-old Stepford wife who just does whatever Mitch McConnell says. I am a robot. I have no mind of my own. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I'm really trying. You know, D, you know, you know me. You've known me for a long time. I'm always trying to see the other side. It's getting harder and harder because the other side never sees my side. Do you ever, you know, you ever think about it that way? So I'm really trying, like, to always, I was, well, you know, I got it's, it's kind of like uh, you. I've already said this before. You and McDumkey, two of my best friends in the world, each have that uh-huh. tendency to yeah. say, well, you know. Uh, to be well, mixed line is to be fair, and you just go well, you know, uh, and then you know the MAGA hatters got a point, all right? <laughs> okay, I've, I don't think I've ever said the MAGA hatters got a point. You know, I mean, we're all, we are all gonna die one day, okay? You know, so what's the difference if it's tomorrow or like? 40 years from now? I go, well, you know, you make an interesting point. That is there. not a verbatim <laughs> conversation we had. That's my uh, conversation with a MAGA hatter. Anyway, so I'm always trying to see the other side, but it's getting really hard because the other side just does not care about seeing my side. So I'm like, all right, if you're not going to see my side at all, if you're not going to concede that the left has a good point, right wing, I'm not conceding anything. I I think I made this announcement already, D. I'm officially dropping out of writing stories about corrupt and crooked Chicago Democrats. Oh, I think really? I made, I, I made that announcement back at the studio, but it was so long ago, we've all forgotten it. You know what? It's like I've spent my entire life writing stories about how crooked and corrupt Chicago Democrats are, and I'm looking for a little love from, you know, the Republicans of the state to chime in about how they're, they're all... Oh, ben, I suggest you get a hobby, pal. You may need something else to write about very soon. Well, I, Donald Trump kind of gives me quite a bit. <laughs> e. Jean Carroll, ladies and gentlemen. Eugene Carroll accused uh, Donald Trump of rape. We sometimes forget that, uh, that the president of the United States, the man that most of, well, I can't even say most of the people in this country voted for, most of the people in Michigan and Wisconsin voted for, how about that, uh, is, has been accused of rape. So anyway, um, I don't even know where I was going on this one, D. By the way, look for the next article from Ben Jarofsky, The Politics of Gardening. He's, <laughs> he's really looking for new things to talk about. I know, through writing about corrupt Chicago Democrats. I've done 30 years of Chicago corrupt Democrat stories, and I'm still waiting for the Tribune's editorial board to weigh in on corrupt Republicans. He's going to talk about that damn serpent fertilizer. Get ready, guys. Speaking of, uh, gardening guru Mike Novak is going to be joining us uh, for a Benny J bonus interview. You guys should check out our Benny J bonus interviews. Uh, Turns out I fibbed a little bit uh, yesterday. Uh Um, I'm getting used to the new schedule we have, and I said that the Kelly Cassidy interview was going to be up for download last night. Turns out I am a liar. Negatory. I know, but somehow in some weird way, it makes you want to listen to it a little more, doesn't it? Well, it's going to be out on Monday, all right? So, sorry for lying. I lie sometimes, I guess. Why well, wasn't a lie? You just stumbled on your facts. Both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. We got Mike Novak. Uh, we're going to be talking to him after today's show. Uh, we got Kelly Cassidy, Casey, and uh, our third is Miles Camp Lassen. Excellent. 
They're all fired up and ready. Mike Nowak's a very funny guy, by the way. And so is Kelly Cassidy. She got off a few good lines, uh, comic lines in yesterday's interview as well. So, yeah, that'll be fun. I think we're dropping Kelly on, on Monday. All right, on to the local news and on to Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. He's going to be at the Thompson Center for his 2.30 daily COVID-19 press briefing. We mentioned it yesterday, but this will be Ghibli Bibli's 61st press briefing in a row. And it was announced Thursday that starting tomorrow, there will no longer be weekend COVID briefings from the governor. Beginning this weekend, we will no longer hold weekend in-person briefings, but instead we'll release daily medical statistics on Saturday and on Sunday. And then we will be back on Monday and we'll continue with weekday briefings as usual. I know our live stream chat listener, Jim, is bummed out right now. Boy, he loves these daily uh, press briefings. But, uh, Jim, I don't know what you're going to do tomorrow and Sunday. Maybe gardening. I don't know. <laughs> well, you could listen to the Mike Novak. Yeah, and read Ben's latest article. Uh, yeah, and uh, no no briefings over the weekends. So I guess that's a good sign, right, D? Yeah, that, I guess uh, that's the way to look at it. Okay, that's how I'm looking at it. Glass half full over at the Jarowski <laughs> household today, guys. Uh, yeah, so he's got the uh, his first weekend off in a long time. And while I'm sure he'll be slammed with other gubernatorial duties, he may have a little downtime to kick back and watch some TV. And uh, Governor Pritzker, if you're looking for a uh, suggestion of a show to watch, I know that our host has a show that he'd like to recommend. Isn't that right, Ben? Yes, I know what show that would be. I'm holding off to talk about it even more than I've already talked about it. Do the quote from the show. Um, <clears throat> Take the knife from out of my back and plunge it into my heart. <laughs> I uh, Shit's Creek. I was just watching that show last night. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about this yesterday. Eric Zorn is into that show, too, as well. Uh, Chicago Tribune columnist Eric Zorn. We, it's like the, the planets are converging in such a way that Eric and I are doing the same exact things every day. Ooh. Uh, so yeah we're great minds think alike we're both have you finished group. the show out yet no you can't, i'm not like you man I, I don't like i'm not a binger you know i, I oh yeah that's yeah. that's me dennis the guy who just watches so much <laughs> i i i just do two at a time so i'm i just finished uh season two it's so funny it's so sweet I love Shit's Creek. It's helping me get through. The, I don't know what I'm going to do when uh, I'm out of it. You know what I mean? I'm like, what now? What next? I'll have to listen to Spike Lee videos over and over again. Ten times I think I listened to that today. By the way, do you like that song, New York, New York? Uh, the Alicia Keys, Jay-Z song? No, no. The, the Frank Sinatra yeah, song? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I love that song. It's okay. Oh, I love that song. It's not like I'm cranking it up on my free time. Ten times, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Got a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's talk restaurants and churches. Oh, yeah, I definitely have, want to talk about this. I have two stories here. Uh, now that the governor has unveiled his Restore Illinois five-phase plan to reopen Illinois. Let's begin with phase one. Okay, actually, once again, JB, we covered that extensively on <laughs> Wednesday's show. Go download that, everybody, if you uh, haven't heard about it. But now that the governor has set some guidelines on how the hell we are going to reopen this state, the pushback has begun. We've already heard the issues Illinois House Republican leader Jim Durkin has with the governor's five-phase plan. We covered that on Thursday's show. Once again, go do uh, download that one as well. Uh, but first up, restaurants. Ben, what's your favorite restaurant? I don't want to name one. Oh, you're... Because that would, like... <laughs> first, you know what I mean? There's, like, a lot of restaurants that are there. Oh, right, the but back I, and forth is tough today. But you know what? I'm going to... I'm really loving... I don't want to say it. 
Don't want to say it, D, because then other restaurants look like, hey, what about us? Because there's, there's just all these entrepreneur restaurants. Chinese restaurant in Evanston that I absolutely I love really spicy Chinese food. So there's this one restaurant in Evanston. Oh, I'll say it. Peppercorn. I love you, Peppercorn. That's correct. And they're open uh, during uh, the pandemic, of course, only for takeout. Find Ben Jarofsky waiting for food at Peppercorn yes. this weekend. <laughs> it's been kind of a... There's been moments when it's been a little uncomfortable in the waiting room because like, there's like four other, five other people in the room, you know, and everybody's got their masks on. Don't get too close to me now. Stay over there. Don't... There's a line there. And then so, somebody will always just like, break the protocol you ever had that happen to you d like someone is just oblivious he's on the phone like up i'm sorry sir that's (laughs) that's four feet back off back off boogaloo hey maybe if you show up at peppercorn this weekend ben jaroski will uh, freak out and walk (laughs) away from you uh i usually stand outside just go outside i don't care if it's raining i just stand outside and wait till they say all right your food's ready my favorite restaurant by the way right near your house i know it off montrose and damon slims (laughs) uh is it is slims still open during the uh pandemic you're you're damn right i'm going there after today's show the following comes from the chicago sun times and you are a fool if you think she's not still hustling on the beat fran the woe man spielman Governor J.B. Pritzker was urged Thursday to relax his five-step plan to reopen Illinois by allowing restaurants to open at 25% capacity on June 1st with strict safeguards for their employees. Illinois Restaurant Association President Sam Toya said without changes that Pritzker's plan would have a devastating impact on restaurants and bars because it would force them to wait until June 28th at the earliest to reopen to dine-in customers. Instead, Sam Toya proposed restaurants be allowed to move to phase three on June 1st and relax restrictions for every 14 days instead of waiting 28 days between phases. Uh, but we have some quotes from Sam Toya to read here. But Ben, you know Sam Toya, right? Yeah, I, well, I don't really know him. Well, I, I can't say I know the guy. I've interviewed him. Uh, Sam Toya is the head of the Restaurant Association what, in Illinois. Before that, he uh, his family was uh, Leona's, I think was the name of the restaurant, a family restaurant in Chicago. Oh, my God, I love Leona's. You actually know Leona's? Yeah, I used to live by Leona's. They would deliver to me. All right. Uh, Excellent calzone. I'm not sure if Leona's is still in business. I really can't remember. But Sam Toya ran the Leona's, I want to say, in Lakeview, uh, right near Belmont. Uh, and he was one of these guys that knew politics inside out, but was uh, always everything was always off the record. Well, let me just go off the record here with you, Ben, and they'd give you the inside scoop. And so it was many years ago. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time, and I've watched his career you know, he elevate as he uh, became the head of this very important association, uh, politically speaking, in the city of, uh, city of Chicago, really the state of Illinois, the restaurant industry in Chicago. Uh, very strong, very prominent, has a lot of clout. And so he's the official voice. And as such, he's like a, a chamber of commerce type voice. You know, he's always looking out for business interests. So he doesn't want uh, government to go too far, let's say, in, uh, in mandating a, um, a minimum wage or if there is a minimum wage, wants restaurants protected so they don't have to pay their wait staff, you know, a full minimum wage. He's always worried about the bottom line of the Restaurants Association. So in that regard, uh, Sam Toy and I are generally on the opposite sides 
of a political issue because he's looking out for his association of restaurants. That's who he's looking out for. And I'm looking out for mankind in general. So that's sort of the difference between Sam Toya and myself. Shout out to Fred on the live stream chat. Fred said, Leona's is good stoner food. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I would just say uh, pretty much every food is good stoner food, but uh, (laughs) uh, just saying. All right, let's do these Sam Toya quotes. Quotes! We would have a lot of restrictions. Personal protective equipment, face covering, social distancing, taking the temperature of employees when they come into work. Uh, June 1st is still three weeks away. Indiana, Texas, Arizona, Georgia, and Tennessee are open. Let's see if they have a spike. If they do, okay. If they don't, I would really urge the governor to look at letting us reopen with 25% or less capacity. Then use the 14-day model and hopefully by mid-June be at 50% capacity. I I noted that uh, Indiana quote. I circled it when I was reading the Sun-Times today. It goes... Uh, Indiana, Texas, Arizona, Georgia, and Tennessee are open. Let's see if they have a spike. So it's just interesting where there are role models, Indiana and Georgia on that list. Texas, interesting set of role models for Illinois to follow. But okay, Sam Toya, your basic point is sort of sound. It's sort of like the canary in a coal line. Well, people start dying in Indiana. We'll keep the restaurants closed. But if they're still alive, we can open them. Thank you, Indiana, for being, you know, our uh, canaries in the coal mine. So, uh, I, I, again, Sam Toya and I are sort of, we have different constituencies, uh, if you will. He is looking out for restaurants, uh, and he really wants those restaurants to open. And I can t- totally understand that, D. Um, man, my wife, as I say many times in the show, uh, runs a hair salon, and her business is closed. So, I know what it's like, you know, to lose your business. On the other hand, I don't know, man. It's easy for the Sam Toyas of the world to say, well, yeah, just open it up in two weeks. And, you know, people start getting sick again. They're not going to come to him. They're going to go to Pritzker. It's Pritzker who's got to call, make that decision, not Sam Toya. You know what I'm saying, D? So Sam Toya's like, yeah, Pritzker, open up the restaurants. Let us go to bed. So if people, uh, if people start getting sick, we can close them. Yeah, they're not going to call you up, Sam Toya, and say, hey, People are getting sick. They're going to call Pritzker. That decision is on uh, is with uh, J.B. Pritzker. So I can understand why J.B. Pritzker is a little cautious uh, before he uh, takes Sam's advice. Let's begin with phase oh, one. Okay, we're not doing the phases anymore, <laughs> J.B. Now, that said, let me ask you this, D. Let me put it to you. I've been putting this question to a lot of people. Do you think that 28 days is too long in between making the decision about phases? Or are you uh, from the Sam Toya school? That and do you think that uh, we should only go? We should go to fourteen days. All right, Doctor D. Oh, your answer, please. Well, I think this Toyer feller uh, knocked it out of the park here and saying, uh, "Hey, let uh, Indiana, Texas, Arizona, Georgia, <laughs> and Tennessee—they're already doing it. So just sit back and see let's if watch. they do. Okay, <laughs> if they don't, all right. Let's you know, Toya. Yeah, let's see if that canary lives for." Oh, the canary is still alive. Let's open her up. 
No, it does. It is. I mean, it, you know, it, and he does it in such a, a nice way. It's not like it. he called up all these states and was like, hey, open, guys. And, uh, you know, they decided to do it on their own. Right. right. If they're dumb enough to do it on their own. <laughs> it's Remember that commercial? This is way before. Mikey. Let's see if Mikey likes it. So they give the food to Mikey. He likes it. Ooh, millennials, <laughs> I promise you, we are going to have references from the year 2020. <laughs> do not worry. So this is sort of the, the Mikey approach to uh, opening restaurants. Let's see if people in Indiana are dying. Nope. Let's open up those restaurants. Toya acknowledged restaurants operate on razor thin margins and quote economic models don't work on 25% capacity. That's Toya, not me. All right. Uh, he says here, but with restaurants literally fighting for survival, uh, he's willing to take what he can get. Toya said, quote, if we wait until the end of June, it will be 16 weeks that 50% or more of the restaurants in the city of Chicago have been closed and the other 50% are 80% down in sales. I don't think there is any economic model out there that says you can stay in business in that situation. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's fun. It's interesting. He's really having to walk a, a, a fine line here because, you know, when they argue about raising the minimum wage, he's always saying, eh, the margin is so slender. We cannot afford to raise the minimum wage. So now he's arguing, well, let's uh, open up to 50% of the capacity. Well, wait a minute. I thought you said the margin was so small. So that's why he has to like walk that fine line. We're not going to really make any money, but at least we'll have some money coming in. Look, nobody loves restaurants more than me. I love restaurants. Wait, now that's the Pritzker quote. I'm, I'm, remember the Pritzker quote, D? Well, I'm not a perfect person. No, I love puppies and uh, <laughs> uh so i love restaurants and i miss them i walk down the streets i see these closed restaurants and it's like oh man it hits it hits me hard so i hear you sam toya uh hey if uh i'm watching i'm like you sam you convince me i'm watching the canaries in indiana uh see how they do if they're still if they're still kicking in two I mean, weeks. you're acting like, hey, Sam Toya here. Hey, won't you guys, uh, I don't know, reopen. Think about it, you know? No, Sam Toya approaches. Let's see what's going on in Indiana there. Yeah. And for the record, I love puppies. <laughs> love puppies, yes. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, but it's interesting. I'd walk that thin, you know, that might, well, you know. We're, we, we won't make money at 50%, but at least we'll have some money. He's right. I guess some money is better than no money and it gets people employed. Uh, so maybe it's, you know, if Indiana is still living, people in Indiana aren't dying in two weeks, D, open up the restaurants. All right, now let's talk churches. Ben, we heard about your favorite restaurant. What's your favorite church? Wait, hold on. Before we do churches, let me just say one more. I thought you were going to have one more point with Sam Toya. Uh, <laughs> Sam Toya is no fool. Can I just say that? Sam Toya is no fool. He knows how to play the game. All right. He didn't get to the top of the Restaurant Association D, not knowing how to play the game. All right. So he knows that if he's going to be critical of Governor Pritzker, he's got to say something nice about Lori Lightfoot. All right. You can't be critical of everybody. So in the same article, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Fran Spielman notes this, a, a mayoral appointee to the Zoning Board of Appeals, Toya said he has talked to Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her team. I don't know what the team is, but it's in quotes and her team about his plan. And this is the quote. The mayor wants to see what the governor is going to do, but the mayor is trying to be very progressive with us. 
There's communication going on about maybe closing some streets for outside dining with the tables on the street. That way we could have social distancing, Toya said. There's no question that she wants to think outside the box about how we help these restaurants throughout our 77 communities stay viable as we move ahead, end quote. In other words, Lori's nice, JB's mean. Lori's good, JB's not good. You got to see how he's playing that game, D? No dummy. Mama Toya did not raise a dummy, okay? He knows the players <laughs> in the game. Vinny. So it's like Lori. Well, Lori's the reasonable one who wants, who cares about businesses and the 77 communities. Not like that mean, dastardly J.B. Pritzker. It's no fool. No fool, that Sam Toya. You got to play the game, ladies and gentlemen. You got to say something critical about Pritzker. You got to say something nice about Lori Lev. Then you make it look like Lori. It's like, well, she's the reasonable one who cares about business. She's the one who's telling everybody, you're going to arrest you if you go and. <laughs> but somehow or other, well, okay, if you go to a party, I'm going to throw you in jail. But you can go eat at that restaurant if you're sitting in the middle of the park. All right? <laughs> I'm so confused right now, D. I. I like the Toya uh, recommendation. Let's see what's going on with those canaries in Indiana. I think that's a very a wise and astute plan to follow. Thank you, Hoosiers, for being our guinea pigs. All right, now the church has been. What's your favorite church? Uh, well, there was a... You talking about chicken place? <laughs> there was a church's chicken... Uh, on Dodge in uh, Dempster and Evanston that I really liked a lot. The following the comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and John Seidel. Oh, churches of, of places of faith. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Governor J.B. Pritzker's battle against the coronavirus faces a new religious challenge in federal court, this time from churches in Chicago and Niles opposing his Restore Illinois plan and insisting on the right to worship with extensive social distancing guidelines in place. Elam Romanian Pentecostal Church in Chicago and Logos Baptist Church Ministries in Niles asked for a temporary restraining order Friday. Just last week, a church west of Rockford launched a similar but unsuccessful challenge that has moved on to the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. But the latest lawsuit points to Pritzker's Restore Illinois plan, which was unveiled just this week. And the two churches laid out proposed social distancing guidelines that they would implement if allowed to move forward. The two churches proposed reduced seating by removing chairs when possible and limiting pew access while allowing families to sit together. The churches also said that they would sanitize facilities before services, tell attendees they could wear masks and or gloves, advise people not to shake hands or have physical contact with others, offer hand sanitizer throughout the facility, and distribute it as people arrive, designate separate exits and entries, prop doors open so they don't need to be touched, and ask anyone with coronavirus symptoms or at risk of coronavirus not to attend i have a quote here but ben your thoughts well i mean these are all what the basics of the uh, the advice that they give people to protect you so uh again it's not my decision to make it's jb pritzker's decision to make uh but i i guess it's i'm struggling because there are always going to be some people who won't get to go to the church service. So if you want to go back to the way it was, you're still going to be telling some of your parishioners you can't come in. You're limiting access uh, to the church, 
right? And so you're saying that there's people who are really out there who feel a spiritual need that's being unmet, that they have to fulfill, they have to be in that church, to be in that communal setting, uh, that the virtual church services don't work for them. It's just a compelling driving need as strong and as powerful as the compelling need someone might say have for, I don't know, their open liquor stores. This is the, the contrast that the churches give. Like, why is a church closed and a liquor store open? Remember that? Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. so people, well, I feel I have a compelling need to uh, buy some liquor so I can drink to calm my nerves and, uh, you know, reassure me. Whatever alcohol does, the benefits of alcohol, if there are any benefits, and I think there are. Uh, so the same thing could be applied to a church. You're still limiting the access that people have uh, to that church. Uh, so having said that, listen, I tend to be more tolerant than J.B. Pritzker, but I'm not the one making these. Uh, I have Thank that, God. I have that. Remember I said this, D? I can't, I can't help myself. It's that Mick Dumpke gene in me, that Dr. D gene in me. We're like, well, he makes a good point, you know? And they make a good point. So if you practice social distancing if you limit the interaction that you make sure that everybody's it's like going into uh trader joe's when you're in line at trader joe's or jewel or you know whole food or whatever that make you wait six feet and when you're in the line if you, if you do all those things I, I mean i don't why can't you open the church but then you know there's still got to be someone complaining well i couldn't get in is he gonna file a lawsuit <laughs> so you know, I'm kind of all over the map on this one, D. So I guess, you know, just being extra, extra cautious, uh, cor- uh, corona-proof the hell out of a place. And I guess that's the approach, right? Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's the logical, obvious approach. Uh, I have a sense that once you open churches, that approach will fall. Like, what, like again, who's going to be the person who stands at the door and tells someone, he, I'm sorry, sir, we've already reached our limit. You can't go in uh, to this church because we've reached the maximum. I got a funny feeling, D, that I'm just going to, yeah, go in there. Go in there. You know what I'm saying? And um, so and I'm also really trying to be sensitive to people of faith who it's really important for them to go to church. I'm not a strong person of any faith, so I don't go to any church, synagogue, or mosque on a regular basis. And uh, so I'm trying to be as tolerant and open-minded as I can to people who are different points of view in me. I hope they would respect my points of view. Sometimes they don't. Uh, there's not a whole lot of love from church-going people and people of faith for toward atheists and agnostics. Have you ever noticed that, D? It's not really a two-way street. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that McDumpkey gene in me is saying, be fair to, for people who love to go to church. So, yeah, let's, I, I just like to Sam Toya, let's set up some protocol that really, you, if you enforce it, it would protect people. And churches, people can go to church and people can go eat. How about that? You know, to these churches, I say, hey, get on that Toya plan, all right? <laughs> these states are already doing it. Just sit back one more week, maybe two more weeks, and see what goes down. And well, you really have to. Off that. I, 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 what I don't know, uh, and uh, we need a medical expert here, uh, <laughs> like how how long do you have to wait? for, for Is that the, guy in the pink flip-flops <laughs> a medical expert? Hey! No, but the, the, see the one guy there with the mask getting yeah. into the car? Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I'll ask him. That I think he's a, a food deliverer. There's a, a, a business over there on the other side of the alley where it's carry out meals. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so the, you'll notice there's a long line of cars. Uh, so, uh, but I wonder how long you, you, ha- you really have to wait before like, there's a second wave. 
of, of viruses, do you, of patients. Do you follow what I'm saying, mm -hmm. D? So it's like, well, two weeks, nobody is, you know, they're all kicking still in Indiana. And then they start putting pressure on JB to open up restaurants and churches. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, a lot of people come get ill in Indiana. So got to wait and see a little bit. All right. I have quoted documentation of the lawsuit here uh, from the churches to Pritzker. Uh, quote, to be clear, plaintiffs merely seek a temporary restraining order preventing plaintiffs, their pastors, and their congregants from being subject to criminal sanctions for hosting in-person worship services on Sunday, during which plaintiffs will implement social distancing and hygiene protections on an equal basis with other non-religious gatherings. So, so reasonable, yeah. So reasonable, uh, but what? Do you, well, what's your thoughts, D? Hmm. Are you? You're not a churchgoer, are you? No, no, no. Never really been. I remember I would, uh, my grandma would take me when I was a kid, and I'd just fall asleep every time. <laughs> so as soon as you, were at, you had your opportunity to go, you didn't go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my parents weren't that religious. Thank God. They're just, you know, yeah. Like that was my play. Hey, Toya's got the right idea. Well, it's a, a it's a very potent political message that uh the MAGA hat wearers and the trumpsters are uh emanating and it fits into a larger theme that somehow or other the democratic party uh is ruled by people who are anti-religion or anti in particular anti-christianity uh, they're or they're pro i remember for a while they were putting out this message that um people were allowed to go to mosques but they weren't allowed to go to churches i don't know where they got that uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know where, how they stitched that one together, but I used to get messages from that. So they beam that out. Uh, and the message they're putting off is that they're persecuted, uh, a majority that's being persecuted by a minority. So everybody has to claim a certain victimhood, uh, even if you're on the top of the heap. Even if the Republican Party, or remember the Republican Party, you control the White House, you control the Senate, you control the Supreme Court. For for the first two years of Trump, you control the House of Representatives. Even if you're a member of that party, you still have to present yourself as a persecuted people that's unfairly being picked on. And so that's that's kind of the theme in general of the MAGA hatters who show up to protest that Pritzker's picking on them, that he's doing this like because he doesn't like them, uh, because he's over abusing his powers. As opposed to, I don't know, listening to the scientists and trying to protect people, being the person who's responsible if there's an outbreak of, of uh, the virus again and people are dying. So I, I get the theme, how it plays in these larger themes. I understand that. Uh, but at the same time, that Dr. D and uh, Mick Dumkey, yeah, let's be fair. So yeah, okay, I'll, I'll meet you halfway, churchgoers. Not a doctor. All right, let's end it out with some city news here. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. When you go out and party, when you go home to your mama, your grandma, or anybody in your household who has an underlying medical condition, you are bringing death to their doorstep. Wow. Now, Mayor Lightfoot was scheduled Thursday to announce Chicago's COVID-19 reopening framework, but it was canceled because of a scheduling issue. And Ben, don't you say anything about haircuts right now. <laughs> I, uh, don't don't do it uh, <laughs> don't 
I believe our briefing is happening as we speak. Okay. I will try to keep everyone posted on that if uh, anything happens. I'll try my best. Uh, but we do have a bit of promising news to discuss involving our mayor. And we all know on this program that is rare. So let's talk about that. And since we talked restaurants and churches, what the hell, let's talk schools. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. And I thought I told you that she don't stop. Fran the Woe Man Spielman. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said Friday she is determined to reopen Chicago public schools on time this fall, but do it safely, perhaps by using, quote, alternate days, kind of a platoon system to limit the number of students and teachers in schools at one time. Declaring, quote, students need their teachers, Lightfoot recalled how moved she was to see video during the pandemic of an elementary school teacher who literally drove to her student's house, sat in the driveway to maintain social distance and read the young girl a book. Uh, Lightfoot said, quote, that's what teachers do. They are tough and dedicated and empathetic and particularly our youngest kids. They need that touch. They need that social uh, immersion and learning. And the best way they can get that is being in a classroom with their peers. We have to do that in a way that is smart and safe, not only for the children, but also for the entire school community. The teachers, the janitors, the lunchroom cooks. I can envision a world, certainly by the start of school in September, that we can do that. There are lots of different options on the table, having alternate days, kind of a platoon, circum, a platoon circumstance, really limiting the number of kids that are in a classroom at any given time. We're looking at a range of different options, but my goal is to reopen school in the fall. Well, I um, wow, that's a lot there. Uh, I first of all, Lori and I see eye to eye with our uh, respect and love for teachers, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, I should say. And I see eye to eye. I'm really happy that um, she has nice things to say about teachers. It's a little different back in November, or October, when the teachers were in strike. Do you remember that? And then I have such great things to say about <laughs> teachers that it's one of the few. Very few benefits of the pandemic is apparently many of our leaders are now starting to appreciate teachers and nurses a little more. Uh, and so I'm happy to hear her say that, those nice words about uh, the teachers. I also saw there were some nice words about teachers in um, the, the both mainstream papers, sometimes, and the Tribune, I suppose, to back in October when it was, shut up and take the money. That's, that? You know, they were, it's winter depression. You know what shut I mean? Shut up and take the money. No one's happy when it's cold outside. Warm out. People are happy now, you know? Uh, so, yeah, it's good to see that everybody's starting to appreciate teachers. They don't like teachers when teachers are demanding something. It's like, you have a great job. You have an important job. Shut up. Do your job. Take the money we give you. Fall in line. Drop down. Give me 10 push-ups. <laughs> they don't love teachers then. They, don't love te they only love teachers when, like, teachers are kind of helpless you know, like, oh, you know they, when teachers don't ask for money, when teachers are willing to take a pay cut, when teachers are willing to allow like 50 kids in a class, then they love teachers. Oh, what a great person, a teacher. We just, teachers are just letting us slap them around a little bit. That's when they love teachers. And anyway. it's just weird with where we are right now. Like I said, that was good news, promising news. But is that good, promising news? Should we try to open in the fall? Should we just, you know, like it's just up okay. in the air right now, right? Again. Again, the Sam Toya advice. Let's see what's going on in uh, Indiana. I'm telling you, this Toya. Oh, Toya, smart guy. Trailblazer. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's um, it, the, the schools is, I mean, thank goodness I'm not the person who has to make this decision. Oh, we could say that I'm a million saying? times I mean, over, Pally. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker, I do not envy you. 
because this is a tremendous amount of responsibility you have. So I, I, you know, I tease you a little bit, but I do not envy you. And uh, it's easy for the Sam Toyas of the world to sit back there and go, open it up. Let's look at Indiana. You know, he's not going to be accountable for anything that uh, happens uh, once uh, the restaurants are open. And it's similar with the schools. I mean, absolutely. It, you know, the disadvantages that uh, low-income kids have uh, as in comparison to wealthier kids is one that grows day-to-day anyway. Just imagine what it's like now when there's no school. So um, I, I, I respect Lori Lightfoot for being concerned about this and wanting to do what she can to open the schools. But uh, yeah, we have to see. I, who knows where we'll be in August, D? You know, we keep saying that. We, we, you and I joke about going back to the studio in June. We don't know. We may still be in this, uh, this attic in August. So... Um, yeah, all the, they, they make sense, all those precautions that, uh, that she's talking about. I don't know about this at-home learning, this e- e-learning. Uh, well, there's so many questions about the at-home learning that, like, J.B. Pritzker was like, uh, get ready for uh, e-learning, everybody. No. And it's just like, well, who's going to pay the internet bill? Uh, the, there's just so many questions that have to be answered before we get prepared for e-learning. Yeah, either it just exacerbates all the disadvantages that already exist, uh, e-learning, and it's a joke. I mean, you know, it's funny. I um, uh, I saw an article in the paper. These upscale parents in New York uh, were having this moment of, this, uh, of appreciation for the teachers because they're at, <laughs> at home with their kids uh, and they're, they're, you know, they're being the, the teacher. And they were like, oh, my God, I didn't realize this, this was so hard. Trying to get little Johnny to, uh, you know, understand math. And so the parent knows. Parent has no patience. Because, see, a lot of parents, man, they like, they get kind of angry at their kids when their kids are not succeeding and successful. You get what I'm saying, D? Like, they just expect their kid to be smart. And so then they're not the most patient people in the world. And there's everything they could do to, to, to avoid saying, you beeping moron you don't get this what are you stupid you know what i'm saying so like teachers have that little critical distance in most cases you know they're not as personally tied to it bad teaching technique by the way yeah what are you stupid huh bad bad teaching technique well you can't be my kid because my kid couldn't possibly be that stupid so uh you know they suddenly appreciate uh teachers a little more but i i just I remember, oh my God, D, I remember way, way many years ago when my oldest daughter was about eight or seven, I can't remember, uh, she had a friend whose mother decided to pull the kids uh, from school and home teach them, okay? I, I forget why she decided to do that, but she made that decision. So there's like three kids that she was home teaching and this little girl, I, uh, I forget her name. Let's say her name was Jean, was, came over to our house. And so she said, well, how are things going, Jean? You know how sometimes kids are really honest and they tell what's going on? She goes, well, it's kind of hard. My mommy locked herself in the closet. And that whole teaching's really working out. The kids drove mommy so crazy. She went into the closet. I can't take another minute of you. So, yeah, uh, I think a lot of uh, parents, a lot of, a lot of Northside parents, I hate to say this, but uh, upscale parents in the city of Chicago, very disrespectful of teachers from time to time. I've seen that. And I hate to say that about my fellow Northsiders. A lot of disrespect for teachers. They like, you know, they're so used to ordering people around 
And so they just sort of treat teachers like teachers are their servants. I, I saw this disrespect. It's, it's, it's on the fringes of Northside. Not everyone on the Northside, okay? Not uh, everyone. Not everyone. But, but maybe now when uh, some of these same parents are trying to teach their kids, they're going, yeah, maybe they're a little more respect for those teachers. Good to see Lori Lightfoot. Showing a little more respect for teachers. How about that, dude? So there you go, guys. Some local news on Friday. Uh, Ramana Hussein's going to be coming up. But before we do that, let's go to you on the live stream chat. Shout out to Fred. What's going on, Fred? He says, check out the Benny J Show in August. Live and sweaty from Ben's Attic. Fred, you have no idea. It's going to be so hot in here. I, I have the, uh, this air conditioning unit, but Dennis has already said we can't play it. I mean, we can't run it while yeah, we're on the air. That'd be bad audio. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, wait till it's 95 degrees and there's a sweat box in here. Oh, crap. I mean, <laughs> can it, can't be any worse than that train. Yeah, well, tough road ahead here for the summer of the Ben Jarofsky Show. Attic version. Oh, hey, there's the brown line. That'll be the least of our problems yeah, in a few months, we'll, apparently. And then we'll, we could open the the window here, get a little breeze, but it's not much breeze up here. Let me tell you, been here in oh, this Oh, and then we open the window. It sounds like there's a damn roller coaster coming through the house because of the brown yeah. line. Oh, boy. All right. Sh show meeting after today. Uh, more live stream show chat here. Uh, Brianna says, how is a church a small business? Uh, a church is not a small business, and... The, there's two sets of arguments here. Uh, there's the Sam Toyer arguments concerned about businesses that uh, need to make money, bring money in, so you know they don't go out of business. And then there's the uh, people of faith argument that they have a spiritual need uh, that has been cut off, and that somehow or other, when government uh, closes, orders churches to remain closed, uh, their First Amendment right to practice the religion has been uh, trampled on and violated. So that's a constitutional right. So one person... Uh, has, I guess the churches are arguing a constitutional right, and Sam Toya is just arguing a very practical, pragmatic right. Although, if push comes to shove, I could see the some kind of a lawsuit coming from the business community on constitutional grounds as well. But that would be the distinction. So, yeah, they're not in business to make money, although they may make some money uh, selling various items and what have you. But um, it's a different argument. Uh, Brianna also says, Lori, going to knock you out. We will shut you down. <laughs> we will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Bring a damn tape measure with you, all right? Six feet, measure that out. <laughs> Don't go to jail, guys. <laughs> Don't go to jail. Uh, our good friend Jay Marie weighs in. Uh, let's see. She says, uh, just keep places of worship closed. Wow, Jay Marie uh, is would not be very popular. Uh, where are those? Where are those uh, areas that follow this suit? Uh, Niles. I, yeah. One was in Niles, and one was here in Chicago. Stay out of Niles, Jay Marie. Stay out of Niles. Yeah, I ride my bike to Niles. Uh, 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 Jay Marie is of the agnostic or atheist persuasion. Uh, she, if she is, then she knows that you're not always appreciated in this country. Uh, you're very much uh, looked down upon. But uh, yeah. All right, so uh, weigh in on the live stream chat. Feel free to send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show, at gmail.com. You can also reach us on social media, at bennyjshow, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show. Uh, find us on Facebook. Give us a like, follow, share. Uh, give us a review. But remember the golden Ben Jarofsky show rule. It still exists. Five stars only. That's correct. 
and also our Benny J bonus interviews are going to be happening this weekend. Make sure to go download those at both Chicago Sun Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. And yes, the Ben Jarofsky show has a phone number. Leave us a voicemail like Mitch McConnell did 708-658-4788. You have many ways to reach us. We would love to hear from you. The Ben Jarofsky show will be right back. And when we come back, Chicago Sun-Times editor Romana Hussein with the Romana Rundown. Take it away, Michael Girardi and the editorial board. Hell yeah. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. Yes, we're live in Ben's attic. 
Ramana Hussain. We're going to call her up right now. It's Friday. Anything goes Friday. We're getting crazy here. Just calling people up live on the air. Let's hope it goes well, huh? Mm-hmm. Love that song. I had a tour aboard my microphone. Playing air guitar to it. Oh, yeah. Love that song. Right, Ramana? Ramana? Yeah. All right. Ramana Hussain. Can you hear me, Ramana? Yes, me. All right. Uh, Our favorite uh, moment in every show since we moved to the attic, connecting with our guests by phone. It always freaks us out, Romano. Just just you. I kind of like it. Uh, Okay. Mr. Cool and Calm (laughs) likes it. Uh, So uh, uh, welcome. Happy Friday, Romano. You're safe and sound today? Yeah, safe as I can be. You're stuck inside, but... You're stuck inside. You sound bummed out. I know. You sound bummed out today. Do you miss the bright one today? Uh, Yeah, I do. I miss working. I miss going out. But I think we're going to have to do this for a while. So, Well, actually, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. Uh, Since (laughs) you mentioned it, let's start with that one first. I also want to – I have a whole list of things I want to talk about with Ramana. Definitely get get her thoughts on Tara Reid and E. Jean Carroll. Uh, I want to talk about Ahmaud Arbery shot in uh, Georgia. Finally, that case is coming. At, uh, at least the people have been arrested. Uh, and then she has an interesting story about a protester she saw on the northwest side. But uh, in terms of opening up, I was reading the story. We talked a lot about this today. So just get your thoughts right off the bat. Uh, Sam Toya, who's the head of the Restaurant Association, uh, speaking for his uh, members, very impatient, you know, feels that the state has to be faster about opening up because businesses are, are going to just uh, go bankrupt. Restaurants will go out of business. Uh, and he was, he's suggesting that we look at Indiana, see what's happening. Indiana's opening up a little faster. So if, you know, people aren't getting sick in Indiana, uh, okay, maybe that's a sign that we can't afford to open up. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on all this, Romano? Well, I think every um, city, every municipality, every state is different. So you can't, look necessarily at neighboring states i think especially when it comes to illinois i i know there's like governor pritzker talked about different areas that probably aren't as populated as chicago and you know maybe they'll have a different plan of action but you can't compare i think chicago to indiana most places in indiana um i'm just thinking out loud to here because i have um a niece who just went back to milwaukee yesterday or two days ago and she's, she's in a um, seven-year program, um, it's an MD-PhD program, and she, they stopped, you know, she was working in a lab, and they stopped working. Um, there was someone just checking in on the mice, I guess, to feed the mice that they had in the lab. But she came home, but she went back this week because they started work again, and they were working in shifts. So she was saying in Milwaukee, you know, there's fewer cases, you know, there's fewer people there. So you know, you have to look at each state, and I'm sure Governor Pritzker is looking at what the, you know, he's saying he's looking at what the doctors are recommending and based on what they're saying and what the numbers they're seeing, and they're working on that plan of action. Of course, it's really, on the other hand, it's easy to sympathize with the restaurant Illinois Restaurant Association because there are a lot of smaller restaurants, and you do wonder what's going to happen to them. There's a lot of people who are employed by the restaurants, um, you know, not just necessarily the people who own the restaurants, but there's like people like the waiters, the waitresses, the busboys, the cooks, and a lot of them that's, you know, their income and they're not working right now. So I understand the struggle. And I think Sam Soya was saying that um, instead 
of a 30-day wait period to see, you know, Governor Pritzker has this five-step plan, and, you know, number five is when you re- reopen in some fashion, and we're on number two right now. And to get to number three, some restaurants can open, or restaurants can open with only 25% capacity. And Sam Toya is saying to push that 30-day date to check again to 14 days. He's saying that there's going to be about uh, 20 restaurants that are going to shut down permanently. And if we wait until um, June, he's saying, it'll be 45%. So it's, 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 you understand on one hand, there's going to be people losing their jobs, but there's also that question of when people do go back to their jobs and they are working, that, that puts them open to the risk of getting the coronavirus. And then they could get sick and then they could die. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a very tricky situation. I mean, I understand the concern from the Illinois Restaurant Association because there are people that are going to inevitably lose their jobs mm-hmm. or their livelihood. But yeah. on the other hand, on the other hand, you have to think about the lives that we need to save. And, you know, at this point, you know, every day Governor Pritzker has a uh, news conference at 2.30. And, you know, the first day that he had these news conferences, we had one death, one death in Illinois. And now it's like the death numbers and numbers have been in the hundreds the last couple of days. I think it dropped down to 50 maybe a few days ago, but it's, it's like 100 and um, over 100. So, you know, it's something we definitely, you have to be careful about. You don't want to jump the gun. And I think Pritzker's being careful. And I know a lot of people have said that if Pritzker's too careful, he's going to be criti- criticized. And if he's not too careful, he's going to be criticized on the other hand, too. And I think a lot of people would say, based on what the scientists are saying, you do have to err on the side of caution. And I think that's what the governor's doing yeah i'm with you on that one and it's interesting uh if he does if he does shorten that uh the timeline for considering uh lifting the ban from 30 days or 28 days to 14 days as sam toy is suggesting it could just be bad news for people who want the ban lifted just earlier you get what i'm saying so okay well i'll make yeah. it a new announcement in two weeks guess what you're still closed. It it just uh, it doesn't mean that you're going to get the news you want to hear. You're just going to get bad exactly. news earlier. Um, uh, ultimately, uh, Romana, I'm thinking when you were talking, I was thinking that it's just going to be a huge amount of money. Some whoever the president of the United States is, when we emerge from this pandemic, and I presume at some point we will, there's just going to be so much money needed to uh, jumpstart the economy. So think of all these restaurants. There'll probably be a program uh, to help finance the start of a restaurant, to reopen restaurants, reopen businesses that people will apply for. I could see that coming. We've already had a payroll protection plan. So it's just, it's, it's, I'm, I'm thinking about all the opposition uh, to the notion of socialism that existed in the world before the pandemic during the summer, we talked about it during the debates where the, the other Democrats would say, Bernie, you can't get elected. You're a socialist. And ultimately, all these business operators, all these restaurants, all these hair salons are going to be looking for a socialist type bailout from our government, which exists to protect us when this is over. I agree. I agree. I mean, you're looking at um, businesses. Um, I know you're a big shopper, Ben, but there's <laughs> businesses like uh, J. Crew and Neiman Marcus. Those are both big names, um, you know, for people who buy clothes. And 
I've shopped at both places and even online shopping in the last few days there. And uh, I can say that, you know, those are two big names. And so you're looking at huge companies are filing for bankruptcy. So you wonder about the smaller companies in the smaller businesses. Yeah. And like you said, hair salons, smaller restaurants, you know, you go to your neighborhood restaurants, they're all going to be struggling and everybody needs help. The airline industry is going to need help. They're going to need a bailout. I think everybody's going to be looking for some sort of bailout. I have a friend who works for United and, um, you know, she's, they said they're going to lay off all these managers and she's a manager. So it's like almost every single industry, even in, in, in our industry, you know, we've been having meetings, and we've been assured that, you know, we're okay right now, but that's for just a couple months. So you don't know what the after effects are going to be when this is all said and done. And we're all going to be affected. So it's going to be interesting to see how we're going to get out of that jam or just how these businesses are going to be able to get back on their feet. Uh, for the record, I just want to say this. It is true that I'm not much of a shopper, but the one shopping trip that I enjoy, uh, the Lincolnwood Mall on McCormick, that has a lid store and every like six months I like to go buy a, a new bulls cap. I love going to that lid store in, uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. And, uh, Lincolnwood town center. Yeah. yeah. I know. I definitely know what it is. I, I, I remember when that mall was being proposed and nobody wanted it. And I remember thinking that was so weird that all these people were against it. I don't know. It's not my favorite mall. I love the. Well, you're not a fan of lids, so I love the lid store there. And it's. I, I, I know. I ha I have a brother, so I know what lids is. So. Okay. Yeah. I think I bumped into your brother in that store. No, just kidding. Uh, let me. I, you <laughs> know, this wasn't on the list to talk about, but Dennis and I uh, talked about it. Get your thoughts on this. Uh, uh, some churches have sued in federal court. Uh, Pritzker. They're saying. Uh, uh, it's, it, the stay-at-home ban is uh, is unconstitutional, limiting their ability to go practice their faith. Uh, I've already given my opinion on this. Um, I'm not a particularly religious person, as you know, Romana. I'm more of the agnostic variety. Uh, don't go to synagogue, church, or a mosque on a regular basis. In fact, probably haven't been in one, and I can't remember the last time I was in one. Um so what's your thought? How important is it that, in your opinion, that uh, the state, uh, that Governor Pritzker allow people to go to their church, synagogue, or mosque? Well, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, when he had allowed for people to um, open the churches or mosques or synagogues or any other house of worship for 10 people or less, as long as you could do social distancing, uh, a friend of mine from work who was working on the story asked me, um, if I knew uh, a good uh, someone who was from the Muslim community to talk to, and my brother is a president of our mosque, so I passed him on to him. So it's Ramadan right now, and um, the the group of, there's like a there's a big group umbrella group that represents all the different Chicago mosques, and they're not reopening because Ramadan is like you have special prayers in the night, and it's like packed. There's no way you can social distance the way you pray in in you know, the Islamic tradition. So a lot of mosques, a lot of churches, and a lot of synagogues aren't opening. The reason why Pritzker did have to open um, the church in these houses of worship is because the churches that were suing, I guess there were some, I guess they technically could sue because of some sort of constitutional, you know, I guess there was some sort of, um, they could have like, a, I guess, a, a, you know, a legitimate complaint in court. So it was the, he didn't want to be tangled up in the, in these lawsuits. So it's basically these churches 
uh, the few churches that sued, he had to do it because of that. But I think a lot of houses of worship aren't reopening. Um, that, you know, I have a friend in Texas. I think they did, uh, I think they reopened businesses last week. And, and a friend of mine who lives there, she lives in Houston. She said a lot of people who don't think, who think it's too early are still staying at home. You know, the mosque, you know, that she belongs to the, you know, I guess there's this huge, um, mosque there or like you know community organization they're not reopening so i think a lot of people aren't reopening i'm sure that's true with synagogues too i was reading the article we had and you know just because pritzker allowed it doesn't mean that you know these these houses of worship are going to open and then you have the question of 10 people like how are you going to allow which 10 people do you pick from the congregation you know if you open it up i i, I think in a place like chicago that would be very difficult. Like, what are you going to say? Holy Name Cathedral is going to open up and you're going to say, well, only 10 people who win the lottery. I don't, I think people, <laughs> I think people, you know, are trying to find ways if they are people who go to church, synagogue, mosque, or other houses of worship, they're trying to figure out ways where you can, you know, observe your religion and still, you know, you, you know, observe your religion, observe your prayers in different ways. I mean, we're just going to, everybody's just going to have to, it's a pandemic. We've never had anything like this. I'm sure you'll be fine if you, if you try to do it, try to do it at home. I mean, Ramadan is really hard right now. I can tell you because Ramadan's all about community and I'm not seeing anyone. So it's, it's hard and it's, and, and everybody's talking about how disconnected they feel, but it's something we have to do if you want to protect a larger community and your own community in your own congregation. So I think it's something he just felt he had to do in terms of, you know, the legal uh, obstacles he might have to face in the future. Yeah. By the way, if anybody knows, has ever, ever met Ramana, you know, she's one of the most extroverted, outgoing, friendliest people in the world. Uh, welcome me and Dennis to the Sun Times when we showed up. <laughs> so this must be hard on you uh, being stuck at home for uh, all these months. Just not, it's not just missing the mosque. It's, Missing, missing the office and, uh, so, yeah. you know, but somehow and, you've and refrained I, you know, from I, suing Pritzker. I give you a, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, Muslims like they pray five times a day and I don't, I, I am a very, I, I belong to a mosque and it's just like work and everything else going on. It's not like I'm, it's not, I'm someone that goes to the mosque all the time, but I do try to go, especially during Ramadan, and I try to go for the special prayers that we have the night that's called Taravi. But even then, my mosque is in Morton Grove. I live in Rogers Park. It's like a half an hour to go. And like I said, uh, the Ramadan is a very communal time, so this prayer ends at midnight. So it was hard for me to go even during regular time, but I tried to go at least a couple times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like little things that you miss but yeah i i think i it, it's something that we all have to do all right no more and Den- i'm not i'm not gonna sue pritzker. yeah thank you i was just gonna say she's not gonna sue pritzker everybody's suing pritzker uh you know he's trying he's like i'm very sympathetic these days uh to jb pritzker romana because i i really do believe he's struggling uh with these very challenging issues uh, he has to make the decision. It's easy for any one of us to tell him what to do. The Sam Toy is of the world. It's really easy for Sam Toy to make a recommendation because if there's disastrous consequences, it's J.B. Pritzker who will be uh, accountable, not Sam Toya. So I've really exactly. come to appreciate J.B. Pritzker. Yeah, and I think everybody on every side of the political spectrum wants things to go back to normal. 
But there's some people on the political spectrum are demanding it. And there's other people who want it to be back to normal, but they want to also listen to the science and they want it to be, they want to be safe and they're listening to what they're being asked to do. I think that's important to know. I think everybody wants to go back to normal. All right, before I throw the really hard question at you, the Tara Reid, E. Jean Carroll question at you, uh, I just would love for you to recount the the scene you had the other day. You saw uh, one lone protester on the northwest <laughs> side. Uh, I call it a MAGA hat crowd. I don't know if this protester was wearing a MAGA hat. MAGA hat is more a symbolic thing. Uh, but uh, talk a little bit about that. When you told me that story today, I was sort of smiling. And uh, why don't you share that little anecdote with our listeners? So- so one of the things that's also hard during the coronavirus time, I had a friend who was diagnosed with breast cancer right before this. And so she started going through radiation treatment. She actually just finished her um, 10th round of radiation today. So that's good news. But it was sad because we never really got to see her. We couldn't go inside her house. So me and my sisters, we all wore a mask. And my mom, we drove over to her place. And she lives in LaGrange, and we always get confused where to go. So we're all kind of arguing, and we go, oh, I think you go here. So we, it's just, my younger sister took a turn somewhere. And then we're, we're on the northwest side before we get on I-90. And we see this older man holding a sign at an intersection. He was by himself, and it was like reopen Illinois. And he was just, and I, he had something that said fake news, I think, but I'm not sure. I was, we were just looking at him. We're like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, why? And we, we, we got, we got, we got the idea just after like a couple of seconds. We're like, oh God, he's one of the reopen Illinois guys. And there were actually people honking at him in support. So it was, it was very interesting. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, he was alone. The weather was nice. So I guess he figured he could go outside and just stand there for a couple hours. I don't know. We, we, we drove by really quick, but I don't know how long he was out there. Well, you know, there's part of me that really respects him. Uh, you know, he's, uh, this is his. This is what he believes, and so he is uh, a free American uh, expressing his view. I disagree with his notion that there's something oppressive about our country right now because we have politicians that are like actually looking out for the the well-being of most citizens. So I have a fundamental disagree with him. But I just had a smile when you told me that the one lone protester. That's like a a classic iconic, you know. Uh, symbol of American democracy, the lone protester exercising his right. I don't know if I would have been moved to honk my horn in support. <laughs> I think I would have just driven by. Uh, by the way, maybe, was, maybe some people are just honking because they disagree. I don't know. But it was just, it, there were a couple honks I heard in the short period we saw him. All right. Now let's get to uh, Tara Reid and Eugene Carroll. I weighed in with a column uh, last week. This is on my mind. I may weigh in with another one. Uh, and Tara Reid, of course, is the former aide to Joe Biden, who's accused him of sexual assault. She went on TV, did an interview with Megyn Kelly uh, yesterday, and uh, not as well known, unfortunately. Uh, Eugene Carroll, uh, a writer for Elle, advi- ran, wrote our advice column for Elle magazine for many years. Uh, Romana was a faithful reader of hers. Has uh, She has her accusation against Donald Trump that Donald Trump raped her. So on one hand, uh, the Democratic nominee has been accused of sexual assault, uh, and the uh, president of the United States and the Republican nominee has been accused of rape. Uh, sort of a t- depressing thought, uh, Romano, when you think about it just a little too much, that this is what this is our choice right now. Um, 
So where do you stand right now? First of all, let's start with Tara Reid. You've had an opportunity. Did you watch the the interview um, with her, with Megyn Kelly? I watched uh, good chunks of it. What did you think? Well, I have a lot of issues with Tara Reid. I'm just going to put that out there right now. And um, it's really difficult for me to say about my issues with Tara Reid because so much of it is tied up into the politics. And I openly admit that. So I'm very, I openly admit it. Um, I'm really, I'm struggling with the fact that Tara Reid felt compelled to come forth at this moment, this precise moment that she did. That she came forth with yeah. this story at this month. She couldn't have, why not last summer? I mean, it spared the Democrats having Joe Biden as a nominee, if nothing else, you know? But at this moment, it's like really, I'm having a trouble with that one, Ramon. I'm just confessing that to you. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, you know, her allegations should be taken seriously. I think they should. But then you pointed out to me the Mona Sharon column, Sharon column, hopefully I'm pronouncing her name um, today. Um, that basically said that she responded to a tweet about, um, you know, what if it's Biden and uh, Sanders, you know, then it'd get really sticky. And then she just said she had a tweet, apparently, that said, uh, yep, timing TikTok or something. So she, you know, a lot of people are saying they're raising issues of the timing. She was she is a Bernie Sanders supporter, apparently, which I didn't I didn't know. I was just reading about. I, I know there's some talk about her and how she's obsessed with Russia, and but I didn't know she was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I think I think her allegations should still be taken seriously. I do want to watch the Megyn Kelly interview to see how how what she said. And I know some people. I was looking on Twitter yesterday, and they said that they just watching her talk, they felt like she seemed less credible. But I want to just give her the benefit of the doubt and say that let's look into the allegations. But yeah, I think I think you have, um, you know, asking about the timing is is definitely is definitely um, one that we should look into. But then you know, with the, Mona Sharon's column also mentions the Kavanaugh piece. Now, when the woman stepped forward to talk about Kavanaugh, people might say, "Why didn't she step up forward?" Blase forward. But you know, I don't know. People felt that they real they felt that she was very credible. Blasey Ford, that is. Yeah, uh, the the columnist uh, that Romano's alluding to, she uh, is conservative columnist. Uh, she's in the Sun Times once a week. Uh, Sharon is her last name, I think. Uh, has oh, sorry. Well, yeah, I'm I'm just guessing. Anyway, but I do know I've never met her. I don't know her. I just read her column in the Sun Times. Part of my effort to read conservatives, and you know, I always say this, Romano. Maybe I can learn from them. Uh, and I don't think I read her, but. Well, you read her today because I made you read her. Um, so, uh, but she was making the same argument back with Brett Kavanaugh. She was raising these questions that her her central point was just because a woman makes an accusation uh, against a man does not mean the accusation is true. That there's a matter of due process that you have to review the accusation. You have to give it study. You should not jump to the conclusion that just because um, a woman makes that accusation is true. And I remember at the time reading it and thinking, <laughs> you just don't want this accusation to come out to uh, torpedo uh, Brett Kavanaugh. 
And so I, I'm, I'm open about this, Ramana. I, there are political ramifications for why I have the views I do. Uh, so yes, I did not want Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. I thought he was wholly unfit for the Supreme Court. He was a Republican operative, a Republican hack, uh, who was one of the people trying to impeach Bill Clinton, working for Ken Starr. So why would he be qualified to be a Supreme Court nom- uh, justice? So I was perfectly happy that that uh, uh, Dr. Ford's accusation would come out and maybe it would stop him from being a nominee, knowing as I did that the whoever Trump replaced him with would probably be, be just as bad, okay? So yeah, I'm open about that. Uh, and I know that... Uh, Tara Reid's accusation is going to be used against Joe Biden, and I'm open to how discomfort, discomforting I find that because I believe that Donald Trump is a disaster for our country. And I think if this country reelects Donald Trump for four more years at the midst of this pandemic with this economic crisis we're facing, it's going to be horrific for us. I don't have a lot of faith in Joe Biden. I didn't support him. And you know this. We talked about this all year. I was kept wishing that somebody else would be the nominee, right? That, so that's yeah. what frustrates frustrates with me. Frustrates me is if she could be contributing to the defeat, to the re-election, I should say, of Donald Trump, and I find that very troubling. Yeah, I, you have you, you're raising good points, but um, this is when if the accusations come back. I mean, I still think that you know any questions that people have about the Tara Reid incident. You know, we talked about how Joe Biden said that you know. He doesn't know anything about any sort of complaints that were filed. If they, if they, I think if that, if Biden's camp does try to like help with that, and these accusations come again, can't they go back to Donald Trump? Can't the Democrats just go back to Donald Trump and talk about the many accusations against him? I was just going to say, I mean, if if the if Biden's sexual assault allegations come out, Donald Trump sexual many numerous sexual assault allegations will probably be coming up too so i think this is i think i've read this many times this is going to be a presidential election in the me too era where i think these um two accusations or the accusations of sexual assault they're not going away i think on either side and i think the democrats if they want to i i think they have to bring those up again probably right or they're going to, they're going to, they better not stay quiet. I would think that they would bring these accusations up again. And you mentioned Eugene Carroll, who's, uh, you know, has a lawsuit against Donald Trump. And she saved the dress, um, the Donna Karan dress that she wore um, when she said that uh, Donald Trump had raped her. And so she wants to get um, a sample of his uh, DNA so she can match it to whatever evidence he left or he allegedly left on that uh, dress jacket. So I don't know. I don't think I don't think either of these sexual assault allegations against either of these individuals, Biden or Trump. And right now we don't even know if Biden is the Democratic um, nominee, but he probably will be. So I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be fairly interesting. I I, I don't think the the Tara Reid allegations are going to go go away right away. Oh, no, they're not going anywhere. Uh, I could tell you right now, I had about three emails from Republican operatives uh, that I probably will write about this, that um, the way I'm doing this off of memory, 
they were saying Tara Reid was on the Megyn Kelly show uh, yesterday, and she said X, Y, Z. Call and ask Lauren Underwood whether she still supports Tara Reid, Lauren Underwood, the congresswoman from uh, the DuPage County area. Call and ask Sean Caston, uh, another congressman from DuPage. Does he yeah. still support her? And I'm like, well, why don't we call uh, Congressman Adam Kinzinger? And ask him, do you still support Donald Trump, even though E. Jean Carroll is in court right now trying to get him to give his DNA samples? Why is it only re- Democrats who are being called upon uh, to denounce accusations of sexual assault or rape? Why are Republicans exempt from having to have opinions on this? I, I just find this like a troubling development in politics these days, Romana, where it's only seems to be the issue only is supposed to matter to Democrats, but Republicans are free to support any old rapist, alleged rapist, uh, that they want. I think, I think it's because they're fans of Donald Trump, correct? So whatever he's accused of, what, you know, when the Democrats said something, they're just like, well, you said this when he was accused, so why aren't you saying this? But not to say that, I'm not saying that Republicans are exempt from, saying anything because they are too but maybe because they didn't say anything nobody thinks that their people assume that many of these donald trump supporters or people who support donald trump support support donald trump are okay with it yeah i you know uh, it's, it's it's just interesting because you know i was reading uh, i was actually editing a column by lynn sweet yesterday i was talking about how an illinois delegate who's you know like he voted for donald trump in 2016 obviously and he said that he can't he can't vote for him in 2020. And the thing that drove him over the edge was his res- Donald Trump's response to the coronavirus. So obviously those allegations of sexual assault and, you know, the way, the way uh, Donald Trump views people of color, that doesn't really affect, that doesn't really push people over the edge or make them think twice. So there's other things that really matter to people. And sometimes the things that you and I may be disturbed by, other people won't be. Well put, well put, and uh, yeah, uh, it took it took the coronavirus for this guy to wake up and see this is a lunatic. Uh, in the, uh, so I, I, yeah. I'm just saying, there's certain things that you know, I, 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 you know, as a person of color and as a Muslim, there's certain things that you know, there's certain things that um, Democratic. You know, there's Democratic candidates that I didn't like because of the way they talk about people of color. They talk about Muslims. When Hillary Clinton was in the debate with Donald Trump, she said something about Muslims. And she says, oh, no, we like Muslims because they're here to help us um, tackle terrorism. And and I know a lot of Muslims hate that when we're just framed in terms of the way we're described. It's like the only thing that we're um, capable of doing is stopping terrorists. And I have no terrorist friends. I'm sorry, I'm not related to terrorists. And so, you know, that's what I'm just saying. Like, you know, for some people, like a lot of people will say, oh, I love Hillary Clinton, like, you know, girl power. But for someone like me, that's not girl power. So I'm just saying that there's different people, different people get disturbed by different things. And certain things don't bother certain groups of society. I guess you can call it certain privilege, but there's certain things that would, you know, I, 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 you know, I guess I can, you know, as I've said before, I'm not a Donald Trump supporter and I still don't understand the, um, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, people like him because he's like this and like that. And so I'm like, but all the other stuff that he did, it's okay. And they're like, 
it's privilege, right? White privilege. Like they don't have to worry about that stuff. So that stuff kind of doesn't bother them. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Donald Trump supporters aren't all racist. That may be true, but you're, you're willing to ignore all the racist things that he said. So I just, I'm just saying that different things bother different people. And, you know, certain things that, you know, my father, you or my father, me. And then, you know, women are definitely, there's certain things that bother women more than men. And so, but then again, a lot of women voted for Trump too. So, uh, Yeah, I think. I think the line I always hear is not all Donald Trump supporters are racist, but all racists are Donald Trump supporters. Uh, that's the line that uh, I've heard many times. Uh, all right, yeah. let's um, let's move to the part of the show where you give out your recommendations and uh, what you're watching. We're all locked away in our little caves. Uh, so, what recommended recommendations do you have, Romana? Well, well, last week I watched Mindy Kaling's new show, Never Have I Ever, or Never. Have I ever? Um, and I would, uh, I would say that overall it was enjoyable. Do I think it was perfect? No. And uh, as I was telling my husband Mick, I go, you know, because there's so few representations of South Asians or any other group that I belong to. Whenever there's a show, a pop culture like you know, show involving us or a community, everybody starts nitpicking things and like saying things like that's not realistic or. Why didn't she expound on this? So there's definitely parts of the show where, and Mindy Kaling's been accused of by many South Asians of trying to cater to white audiences. And, you know, when she was on her show where she played a doctor, I think it was a Mindy Kaling show, her love interests were just all white guys. So I know a lot of people had complaints about that. That This show was definitely a diverse cast. Um, it's definitely, um, It's definitely enjoyable. But there's certain things I told Mick to him, like, I don't, I don't believe that. Like, there's one scene where she calls her mom the B word, and her mom's kind of calm. And I'm like, every Indian person was tweeting about it. They're like, no Indian mom would be just sitting there. And somebody, somebody had a really good tweet the other day. They're like, I love how they made the mom react like a mom would react on that sitcom One Tree Hill, which is all like white people. And then uh, there's one, you know, the, one of the things that a lot of South Asians complain about is whenever there is a sitcom or a show involving South Asians, they're always like so like embarrassed or trying to get away from their Indian heritage. And yeah, everybody has like, you know, ident you know, struggles with their identity or whatever. But I don't know any Indian kid in twenty twenty who talks like that or is just like, Oh, I'm so embarrassed about being Indian. It's it's just a little weird. And I, I don't think it's true. I think a lot of things about kids are just a lot more nuanced. I don't think people are just embarrassed of who they are. So I have little nitpicky things and and there was a, there was like these long essays that just came out this week. A lot of people, I think in general, a lot of people liked it, but we're all nitpicking things. And then there was a there was this, a lot of Muslims are there was a pro Modi comment in in the show, and um, it was so quick you wouldn't notice it. But then people are like, how come so she was so pro? The mom said something very pro Modi, and that wasn't questioned. And then there's this one scene where uh, there's a holiday celebration. It's a Hindu holiday celebration because the, the main character is Hindu. And uh, it's, they're celebrating, and then there's this one woman sitting alone, and nobody wants to sit with her. And it turns out she was ostracized from the community because she had married a Muslim man. So anyway, it's like they kind of acknowledge it like, oh, yeah, she married a Muslim, so that's how we're not sitting next to her. And it was kind of – and then, you know, later they show her talking to another character, and she talks about how she got divorced, and she seemed to regret marrying a Muslim. And so a lot of people felt like, there should have been some expounding on why it's not okay to be Islamophobic. So everybody's like nitpicking these things. 
I don't know. I think you'd like it. It's definitely like a lighthearted teenage show. Like a lot of things are a little over the top and you sit there and watch it, you know, whenever they show these parties in high school, it's like nobody had parties like these in high school. I didn't get invited to these, but nobody had parties like these in high school. But it's still, I, I still thought it was, I thought it was a somewhat decent effort by Mindy Kaling, especially given the criticism. So I do try to support South Asians when they come out, unless they're Dinesh D'Souza coming out with a sitcom or something like that. So I would recommend it okay. reluctantly. And I, yeah. Go. I just want to say something. What a tough critic Ramana Hussein is. That's correct. Whoa. <laughs> Somewhat decent effort. <laughs> like, what? Can you imagine having Ramana as your teacher? Well, I'll give you a C plus for a somewhat decent. God dang. Well, some you know what? Some Jewish people had problems with the way some Jewish characters were portrayed in the show because the main competitor in the show is like a Jewish kid. Like he's really smart and he's really smart. And there's some things that she said. But I don't know. You have to watch it. I think I think you might like it. Well, I'm still plowing I'm through Shit's Creek. So it's going to be a while before I watch anything else. Yeah. And I do. Uh, the one recommendation I do have, a friend of mine told me about it. It's called Baghdad Central. Uh-huh. And it's on Hulu. And a friend of mine told me it's a British space show, but it's half in Arabic, half in English. And it's based on um, the aftermath of the, uh, or the start, um, or the aftermath or, of the Iraqi war. So I do want to see that. It's uh, I do want to see that, and I'm still watching the Bulls documentary, as I know you are. Obsessively watching. I'm, yes. I'm I'm one behind you, so I'm still kind of uh, I'm, I have to watch one more episode. But I, I I do think it's pretty good, and I can't believe there's going to be. It's almost done, but um, you know, watching the commercials last week. I mean, I just remember those commercials so vividly, and I was telling Mick, my husband, Mick Dunkey, um. My brother had a pair of, when Air Jordans came out, I think he had the first pair. And he, my brother doesn't care about like clothes or anything like that. He never made my parents buy anything, but that was the one thing he really wanted. And my, and he like, when he got his Jordans, he was like kissing them. I don't know if he still has them, but he, but he still has, he still has, yeah. he, he, still, <laughs> he still has, um, I think he still has some vintage Jordans that my nephew borrowed recently. And my nephew took pictures with them. And then my younger sister was reminding me that she had a pair of Jordans, too, in 92. And it's just funny. So my brother, went, I, this is a funny story. My brother, his first, first pair of Jordans, he um, took them to the mosque. And when we prayed, we took off our shoes. So we had to put his shoes with other um, shoes. And this kid ended up stealing them. So it was kind of a historical moment. That's why that's the you people why why are you agnostic? Just think about that story. The guy (laughs) took off his shoes to pray in a in a mosque and someone stole his air Well they were Air Jordan Benz. So it was it was a guy that was around the same age as my brother and these other kids (laughs) made a negotiation. But my brother had to go home in flip flops and someone else's flip flops. But he got the shoes back like a few days later. But he was he was upset. I think the kid wore them for a few days and Uh, so that is pretty funny. Let me just tell uh, all our listeners: every week I do an interview, uh, a, a, a last dance interview, a Bulls interview. Uh, this week it was with Stacy Davis Gates, the head of teachers. You know, I don't know if you know this, Romano. She's a huge basketball fan. She played high school basketball. She came of age in the '90s. Uh, she's roughly your age, and um, uh, so she had many similar memories. Uh, I urge everybody to the ones uh, that Romano was just relating about Air Jordans and everybody wanting to buy them. And uh, 
the 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 documentary Stacy pointed this out really avoided uh, just as we were going to stay away from this controversy the whole issue of the co- commodification of Jordan and uh, how people were killing themselves over some of his merchandise uh, back in the day and so it, point. yeah just we don't want to deal with that controversy uh but uh whatever it's it has its limitations but I can't get enough of it uh Romana and I will be a little sad when it ends cuz we'll be f- facing a summer without sports. All right, Romana, stay safe, stay sound as I you always too. say and uh really appreciate uh, everything you do and coming on our show. I can't thank you enough, all right? Well, thank you for having me. Stay safe yourself, guys. All right, very good. That's a great Romana Hussein. Uh and Woo! I love talking with Romana. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, especially she's tough man here was her recommendation somewhat decent effort by mindy camp she's tell you tough what, man she's tough, Ramada, she's tough. God dang. you know and uh she said that mindy kaling uh, is always uh you know appealing to white people i was wondering why i loved mindy kaling so much <laughs> i do love it's mindy. working mindy it is oh it my is god working. whoa apparently it's working because i love mindy kaling i have to tell you we have some updates before we roll out of here for the weekend first off uh, we need to talk about this more, and starting next week, we're going to do it. The Uh-oh. Chicago Reader Coloring Book. Oh, this yeah, This is an man. awesome book. Ben just received his copy in the mail. Showing ben, the I would I would grab that coloring book, but we're in a pandemic, and I don't want to get any germs from your ass, so just uh, <laughs> flip through there and uh, show us some of the pictures. It's awesome, man. What are some of the pictures that well, you're looking at? Well, it starts off with a Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Oh, All right. uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, by David Beltran, and so you can, uh, take, you can draw that one. And then there's, uh, uh, oh, there's the... Uh, uh, the popcorns, Garrett popcorn. That's pretty cool. And uh, so, yeah, the Chicago, we're all in this together. And uh, here's the water tower. <laughs> oh, we got a fat guy, fat fella on the beach. Is that me? It's a bald guy with the beard. <laughs> this is a great Holy cow, Rachel that's me Palmeyer. If I... uh, the, this is such a classic. It's making me feel uh, miss my... Uh, See, I do love Chicago. I'm always ripping Chicago, but uh, I do love the beaches, uh, uh, the Kathy Osterman Hollywood Beach, not far from where uh, Mick and Romana live, uh, and uh, it's quite a scene, and this is a picture depicting people. (laughs) There's people on the beach in color. There's a fat, uh, uh, bald beard guy. Here's Fireside Bowl. A lot of hipsters love. Oh, my Lord. They love the Fireside Bowl, man. The arcade fire and fireside bull. Watch out, hipsters. Oh, hipsters my goodness. Hipsters love the fire. Holy cow. Uh, I'm a Timberlane guy, but whatever. I appreciate the fire. It's, it's a fantastic coloring book, it's guys. Awesome, Go man. check it out. Uh, Frankie uh, Frankie Knuckles, just are real fast. I love Frankie Knuckles. You can color in a picture of Frankie Knuckles, guys. Uh, it's the Chicago Reader coloring book. Yeah, Chicago Reader, a free publication, uh, awesome publication. Yeah, it turns out uh, all this crap going down, Chicago Reader needs your help, all right? So get that Chicago Reader coloring book. They have puzzles as well. They're doing a lot of creative things to keep you guys interested in the Chicago Reader. They've been helping you out throughout. the. When I first moved to the city of Chicago, the Chicago Reader, I grabbed it immediately, and I loved it. The early warnings, the concert listings. Uh, you know the Chicago Reader. They're awesome. Help them out if you can. Uh, we have some updates before we roll out of here as well. Uh, for listeners who may not know, hi, my name's Dennis. I'm kind of white trash. <laughs> it's true. And when I read, the, and when I read this story, just a, I don't know why, but a piece of my heart just kind of got crushed. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, NASCAR has canceled the next month's event at Chicagoland Speedway. Damn it! <laughs> I had tickets too. 
No, don't. You know you didn't. I had tickets, and I was going to go. We were going to have a good time. My white trash hillbilly heart is crushed. NASCAR cancels next month's event at Chicagoland Speedway as a part of their revised schedule. But, Ben, I know you don't like NASCAR. Uh, have you ever watched a NASCAR event? Yeah, of course. Who's your favorite NASCAR racer? Dale Earnhardt. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. When, uh, his most recent one, huh? That was pretty good, right? No, he died oh, in about okay. that was, that was Come on, man. See, it's sports, okay? Now, it's true I haven't watched one in about 30 years, but there was a time, D, I watched. Car, it's on TV, it's sports, I'm watching it. All right. Nice. Shout out to my former roommate, McNasty. He loves NASCAR. What's up, dude? Uh, do you listen? I don't know. But we have another update as Wait, well. Wait, his name is Nick Nasty? Mick Nasty. Oh, Mick His Nasty. last name's McNaughton. I uh, call him McNasty. Oh, I thought, his, I thought his name was Nick Nasty, which is <laughs> oh, that's a cool name. That's man. a cool wrestler name. Yeah, Nick Nasty. Nick Nasty from the top elbow. All right. Or a guitar player. We have one more update here. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, she did give her uh, latest uh, COVID-19 Press briefing here. Uh, The following comes from the Chicago Sun Times staff. Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Friday unveiled what she called a quote, protecting Chicago framework to guide the slow but steady reopening of a city economy ground to a halt by the coronavirus. Uh, It says here Lightfoot is also following Governor J.B. Pritzker's lead in establishing a four health related questions that will determine when and how Chicago graduates to the next phase. So she's doing a similar phase plan here. Uh, They are whether the rate of a transmission of the novel coronavirus across Chicago and surrounding counties is decreasing, whether the city has enough testing and contact tracing capacity to track the disease and limit its spread, whether there are enough, quote, support systems in place to protect vulnerable Chicagoans, and whether the healthcare systems has capacity to handle a potential future surge. But unlike the governor's plan, in order to cautiously reopen, Lightfoot has established a set of so-called epidemiologic factors to determine whether the city can move to phase three and future phases uh, phases by measuring every 14 days, not every 28 days, as Pritzker has proposed. What do you think about this plan? Well, you know, that's why Sam Toya likes her so much. We're coming full circle. Well, every 14 days. I just want to point out to everybody, if the news is bad at the end of 14 days, it's just going to be another 14 days, but whatever. It gives you something to look forward to. Maybe, maybe in 14 days. And uh, I'm surprised she didn't uh, sign on to the Sam Toyo Canaries in Indiana plan. Well, let's see how it's going over there. Well, no one's getting sick. Let's reopen. So, we yeah. will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. For the love of God, please social distance, people. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> uh, but we're only going to do that every 14 days. No. Um, listen, everybody's struggling. Nobody has any answers. And uh, I think Lori Lightfoot's in that crowd, uh, as well as J.B. Pritzker and Sam Toya. Have a great weekend, everybody. Remember, download our bonus interviews. Kelly Cassidy, Miles Camp-Lassen, and I'm trying to think of the other one off the top Come of my on, head. Man. Who is Come it? On. Who is it? We're going to be talking to him I just can't very shortly. It. Right after we get off the phone, oh, we're going to be talking reefer. with him. Mike Novak! There you go. Hey, Denny. <laughs> I know, I've know i known Mike Novak a very long time. In fact, uh, he's I appreciate Mike Novak. Uh, when I first started at WCPT 820, the what station. What was that station? Uh, WCPT 820. They fired your ass. <laughs> 
They loved you, though. Uh, Dennis. Uh. Facts matter. And as a matter of fact, Ben, you're fired. Get out of here. Facts matter unless they're TIFF-related facts. Then uh, let's don't discuss Mike that. Novak gave me uh, my first on-air. Uh, he let me on the air on his show. So I'm very thankful Is for Mike that. Is Mike Novak still at uh, WCPT? Oh, no. They fired his <laughs> okay. ass, too. I love Mike Novak. First of all, he's not not only exceedingly knowledgeable about the environment and uh, about all things gardening. He's a very funny guy and uh, great sense of humor. He looks I, I, he looks a little like Bill De Blasio. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. If you put Bill De Blasio and Mike Novak side by side, I they think, look a lot no, alike. No, uh, uh, negatory. Uh, I think he looks more like Michael Landon. Oh, okay. Remember, we were just talking about him on yeah. Tuesday, I want to say. Oh, yeah. All right. And uh, hey, live stream chat. You guys are my friends. Uh, I really like talking with you every day. And thank you so much for uh, joining us. Remember, the first person to uh, kind of get in and request a song, there's a good chance we're going to play your song. Beat KMA Barry. Be the first to join the live stream chat. And join us on Tuesday. I wouldn't say play your song. It's me singing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're quote, right. Unquote, you're right. Ben singing. will sing your song. And that singers in quotes. Uh, anyway, what was, remember today's song? Oh, here we go. Short-term memory. Oh, let me Don't see. look. You're cheating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your short-term mermy is not what it used my to be. My short-term mermy. <laughs> Big, yes, my short-term mermy is it just that. ain't what it used to be. Uh, all today, right, now by free, all right? Hey, Come on, You know man. what? Sing that one more time and take us home, huh? All right, now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Want to thank absolutely everyone all week for being such great guests. Ramana Hussein, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy at Alton, Illinois. And yeah, the short-term memory isn't what it used to be. It's all that reefers catching up to them. As Ramona can tell you, back home and all, they call him White Lightning. <laughs> Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. And for the record, I love puppies. Let's begin with phase one. When you go out and party, when you go home to your mama, your grandma, or anybody in your household who has an underlying medical condition, you are bringing death to their It's just going to be you and me. Come on. Yeah.
protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. That's correct. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home... Yes, cool. ...or attending one live... Go! ...you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.